Welcome to Be Bougie, Be Hippie. I'm your host, Eileen Desell. This is a space for healing, growing, venting, vibing, and discovering, where real life meets the spiritual realms. Hi. Can you hear me? Hello? Can you oh, hear me? Oh, there you are. Hi. I was muted. Oh. <laughs> How are you? I just I just nailed it. I had the whole podcast. I just said it all in one shot. That was it. We'll never know. Oh my goodness. Okay. Hello and welcome to this episode of Be Bougie Be Hippie. I am your host, Eileen Desell. I am so excited right now. I'm trying not to cry. I have one of my dear friends, Adam, on. He is going to share his experience with us. So Adam, welcome. Thank you so much for being a guest on this show. I'm so excited you're here. How are you? What's going on? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. Super excited to uh, be with you to uh, such a needed thing, I think, for people to have to listen to. And, uh, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just working from home. Yeah. One day a week I work from home. Uh, four days a week, I go into the office and work. So, well, thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for making time to join me in this space. There's so much that I want to talk about today, but so, okay. I always light my incense or I sage beforehand and I sit and I write some things down and I always pull a card at the beginning. And today, the card that I pulled and I said, you know, just with you and I in mind and you in mind, the card is productivity. And it means the energy and experiences you have been handed can be converted to meaningful life affirming outcomes with a little work and perspective, an obstacle will become a stepping stone. And then it goes on to say so much more effort is required to transform an idea, experience or knowing into something more solid. And I feel like that is so you, that is so you and me. So first, so people know who we are to one another. You are, you were the best man in our wedding. You are one of our best friends, you and your wife and your two beautiful little babies. You have Owen and Emerson and we adore them. We are soul family. So for people who don't know what that is, it's people who you're not blood related to, but come into your life and they are family. So we, we are family and we joke that Catherine married the twin of me and Jimmy and Catherine are like the same. So So funny. So true. I love that when we get together, they're like, what do we say all the time? If you and I were married, we would just be crying and giving our things away. (laughs) (laughs) And Jimmy and Catherine would be broke with all the designer stuff. But thank God we have them because they anchor us and keep us together. Or for me, Jimmy's like, you know, keep it together here. Right. The great balance, of course, which is beautiful the way it works. Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to hear. I want everybody to know what an amazing human being you are. And one of the things I wanted to name this episode either the next right thing or manifestation is an action because... Your whole life story is amazing. It is absolutely, it is such a testimony to if you do the next right thing, if you stay in gratitude um, and manifestation is an action to where you are today, the people in your life today. So 
if you could share your experience and, you know, who you were and how you came to, you said you work from home now, you know, how you, how you got your job, how you do what you do, just go ahead. Tell us, tell us everything. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's such a uh, blessing to have you and Jimmy in my life. I'm so, I'm so grateful to like be able to share this version of me with you guys uh, and only have to explain and tell stories of my previous life, I guess I like to call it. But, uh, you know, I am in, a, I'm in recovery. I'm a, I'm an addict and an alcoholic. Uh, I was into um, drinking, I guess was my first drug of choice uh legos i always laugh was my very first drug of choice but, uh, from a very young age i was find the ability in outside things to fill an inside hole mm -hmm. uh, and that progressed pretty quickly into drugs and alcohol as i you know matured well didn't mature but uh, moved on to uh, older things and hanging out with friends and found drugs and alcohol and they work much better than Legos and uh, Sega, you know, so, um, you know, that's just kind of the road that I took. I didn't realize at the time I was hiding anything from anybody. I didn't realize that reality was such a scary place for me. Mm. Uh, I thought that everything in my world was the way that it was supposed to be and it was normal and I had no issues with it. Uh, and, you know, I just kind of, thought I just liked being stoned or drunk or whatever, whatever the case may be. And um, through the years, I became more and more dependent on that ability to hide, on the ability to check out from reality and enter my fantasy land. And fantasy land became much more appealing to me than reality. You know, the reality was I was, you know, basically unemployable, homeless, everybody in my life around me i had no sustainable no meaningful relationships really going on in my life uh certainly wasn't um you know college material or anything like that and you know a lot of my friends were and so the fact that i had to live in a reality that wasn't very impressive i think made it a lot easier for me to kind of hide inside fantasy land you know and uh, that's what i did so um, it was very hard to get me out of fantasy land. I was, I would defend it and, and live in there and stay in that space. And uh, as my life moved on, I just kind of didn't. And mm -hmm. to me, ended up looking like um, a broken man and in, in, uh, living down south with really nowhere to turn to. Um, kind of had a, you know, I had kind of given up on on God. I had given up on me. I had given up on my family. I had given up on hopes and dreams. I really just was kind of existing, you know, I guess they say by the grace of God or something inside of me sparked one morning. And I remember laying on a couch at a friend's house that I was kind of camping out on. And I just got up and I made a phone call to go to rehab. And, and uh, I guess that's kind of when my journey began. I wasn't say it, I, I didn't stop using in that moment, but it was the very first time that I was motivated to go and get some help for my, for my addiction. And um, I love, I love that. I feel like there's so many people that I've heard that it's that inner knowing or, you know, our higher power, our guide tribe, whoever it is that just comes in and kind of 
puts a fork in, in it. It's like, er, you know, okay, no, now you need to go this way. And it comes from, you know, we've heard it so many times with as many stories as we've heard about people in recoveries. Like, I don't know where it came from, but I heard it. I love it. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly where, how I feel about that situation. And, uh, you know, and it was a, it was a journey. And I remember going to rehab that time and, and I went to, um, you know, I convinced the person that I was kind of crashing on their couch that like, hey, they needed help too. And like, we should do this together. And we both went to the local rehab down south and uh, they checked my friend in first. I was next in line and they looked at me and they said, well, technically you can't stay here because we don't allow anyone in here to have a friend that are already in, in the rehab. You know, oh, we don't allow friends. And I'm like, well, this is ridiculous. Like, what am I going to do? And they said, well, we have another affiliate location, but it's three hours from here. And I was, or maybe it was an hour and a half, but it felt like 900 when I finally went. Yeah. Yeah. But I said, okay, uh, you know, I don't have a ride. So I remember calling, you know, my, uh, I had like an, a sponsor at the time or an old, you know, in title only. And I called and uh, asked for a ride. And by the time he got to me, I had already called a cab and I was on my way to go and use. And I had got a hold of the dealer. I had money in my pocket and I was ready to go. And I literally, and I, and I don't exaggerate the story at all, is that I had one foot in the cab. I was getting into the cab and he appeared and said, hey, what are you doing? Mm. And I said, I'm going to get high. Oh, and, uh, he said, you just called me like an hour ago to go to rehab. Like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I said, I, I just can't do it. I can't do it. I I'm not strong enough. And he was just like, well, I'm here. I'm bringing you. Let's go. And I had to sit and ponder and think at that moment, like, what am I going to do here? You know, so the best thing I could come up with is I said, I, I said, well, I got an idea. How about you just bring me to go get high and I don't have to take the cab and then we'll go to rehab. And he said, absolutely not. That's not a choice. He said, I can bring you straight to rehab where you can get in that cab, but you need to make a decision on where you want this fork in your road to go. Mm. And I just sat there and I'm looking at the cab driver. I'm looking back at him. And like, it was honestly like I had, I was torn. And for whatever reason, I did get out of the cab and I went with him and we drove all the way down to um, that rehab that was long, that was pretty far away. And uh, I had no bed. They had no bed. They wouldn't guarantee me a bed. I had no money. I had no insurance. And he brought me there anyway. And I was and I was uh, detoxing really, really bad in his car. And I just remember going almost in and out of consciousness. And he was holding my hand the whole way and praying. Mm. And I just couldn't wait to get there just to get out of that car. You know, and it felt like forever to get there. And I swear he probably thinks the same thing. Mm. And along the way, he put the pieces in place and, and they called when we were halfway there and said they had a bed for me. And my mom finally answered and said that she'd pay for me to go. And everything just kind of lined up for me to get to that rehab that day. And that's what happened. And I ended up in rehab and started my journey. I ended up getting out of that rehab and using again. But like the seed had been planted for the first time in my life. Like, you know, I think God it definitely entered my life at that moment and, and kind of put me on a different path kind of let me know like hey buddy this isn't the path for you i'm so grateful for that mm. i mean you you talked about you know people and that sponsor that came through you know god works through people god works through people and i i love that and then you mentioned your mom yeah yeah oh so a little bit more background. One of the things too, as you're talking and telling your story, of course, I'm filled with tears because I know, you know, just how far you've come and what a 
true success you are today in every aspect of the word you truly are you are a success and I know you know you're so humble about that but everything that you've been through and you know as many people as you've helped is it's beautiful it really it's it's a you're a miracle it's amazing you mentioned your mom here we talked about soul family a little bit and then so you can you tell us your background about your mom and now kind of getting into where you work and how you got that job i want everyone to hear the story of your um your grandfather in AA. <laughs> and that's, I love this. And this is the manifestation. This is how you just do the next right thing that your spirit guide, or your guide tribe, or your higher power tells you to do. Like, wow. Yeah, it's amazing, you know, and, and to, like I'm still on the mission of someday this is going to be a book or a podcast or a movie yeah. or something. And I, I, I really can't even believe sometimes that I have lived through this. This was my experience. And you know, I was adopted as a child, uh, as a baby, as an infant, right out of the hospital. Um, you know, I was lucky and fortunate that there was a family, you know, wanting to have a baby and, and couldn't. And and it was pre, pre-set up ahead of time or whatever, I think. And and so I was adopted as a baby and, and raised with my mom and my sister. My parents didn't end up staying together, but I also had my dad that I would spend a lot of time with and weekends and, and uh, you know, all the holidays and good stuff. And to me, like I was saying earlier, it was completely normal. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to, for whatever reason, I just didn't know any other way. And that was normal to me. And now that I'm an adult, it's kind of like, well, it's kind of, that's kind of weird for a kid to process, you know. But to me at the time, I thought I was handling it in fine, but... So, you know, me and my mom, I was a mother's boy, mama's boy, um, still am. And, um, you know, she was the one that stuck by my side. She raised me uh, and my sister, you know, single mom, two kids at home uh, with not, you know, a crazy background, no big job or anything like that. So, you know, we were a really close family. And, you know, she she was the big reason why I'm here. You know, that again, she was the reason she paid for that rehab for me to go into. And and she was just my biggest supporter and uh, enabler for a while. And then she learned what enabling was and, and no longer was enabling. And she found, uh, you know, um, path into like uh, Al-Anon and, and learned not to enable her dying son. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then before I got sober, I guess... So I got sober, I'm telling my grandfather's story, but I got sober in 2009. So I've been sober for a while now. Uh, 2010, I get a, a blind message on Facebook from a person that I don't know and just kind of said, hey, if this is Adam, you know, I may have some answers for some questions that you have. Your birthday just passed. And uh, so that, you know, that, you know, just kind of saying I'm here if you want to reach out didn't say who or why or the connection, but I instantly I kind of knew like, Hey, this could be my biological father reaching out to me. How would you know my birthday and my name and stuff like that? So, you know, I, I Facebook stalked him and went through all the pictures and saw pictures of his kids. And I was like, Oh man, that kid looks just like me. This is definitely my biological father. And, uh, you know, I went through, I saw his family, his parents, his wife, and, uh, you know, my biological grandparents and biological siblings and stuff. And super weird experience. I don't know if anybody listening is adopted and, 
a lot of people are looking for that experience. A lot of people are avoiding that experience. You know, I was kind of on the, I wasn't avoiding, but I wasn't pursuing. But so I saw all the pictures and he contacted me and I was just like, yeah, that'd be cool to meet someday. I got a family. I got a mom. I got a dad. I'm not really looking to add any more family. And he's like, I got kids. I got a wife. I'm not really looking to add any more kids. Yeah. Kind of looking to have a relationship with you, answer any questions you might have. You know, no pressure, the ball's in your court. And, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of interesting to me. And But typical me at that time in my life, I would just kind of put it on the back burner. It didn't really do anything with it. And we would chat every couple months, maybe three months. And we'd say, hey, still need to get together. We still need to meet. And I'd say, yeah, you know. So then one day I'm sitting at a meeting actually with your husband. And we were uh, listening to a guy speak from out of town he lived 45 minutes away and i recognized him at the podium speaking and i said hey uh and i i, I gave my phone to to jimmy and i was like hey is this is this a picture of the guy speaking at the podium and he was like yeah why is he why do you have a picture of him on your phone you know like what, what kind of creep are you and i was like that's my biological grandfather what and i said i recognize him from stalking my biological father and sure enough he was speaking at an AA meeting, 20 years sober, and I was just sitting there listening to it. And, uh, you know, I just, I just, I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go talk to him. And Mm -hmm. Jimmy's like, you're out of your mind. What are you talking about? And I was like, I have to. Yeah. Yeah. I I remember I messaged my biological father and I just said, Hey, I think I'm in the same room with your dad. Is it cool if I say hi? And, uh, and he was just like, absolutely. So I, I just went up to him and, and tapped him on the shoulder while he was grabbing a cup of coffee. And, and I just kind of, he just looked at me and I looked at him and I was, he just, I just said, Hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm that baby that your son gave up for adoption 30 years ago. And he just like started shaking and like convulsing. And, and uh, I, looking back, I should have like had him sit down first cause he was like 80 years old. And, and I, then I was like, Oh, this man's going to fall down. And, uh, he didn't. He just like gathered himself and he's like, so we need to talk. And I was like, well, you're here chairing the meeting. Like you, you can't. He goes, nope. He found somebody else to chair the meeting. And and I got a chance to meet my biological grandfather, completely oh, random at an AA meeting. And, um, you know, random. It was yeah. So, yeah, super, super yeah. random, right? Random. Yeah, no coincidences. Definitely no coincidences nope. there going on at all. And, and you know, in that moment, and I credit that moment, and I was a year sober, and a lot of people that knew me early on in recovery look back and, and, and they would say that I was a complete mess still. I don't think I changed at all from when I got here, except the fact that I wasn't using. And that was the very first moment in my life that I felt like I was in the exact right moment at the exact right time for the exact right reason and i don't know if anybody's ever had that experience but it was overwhelming to me it could be a common experience to people but it wasn't for me and i just never felt like there was nowhere else i was supposed to be there was no other like life i was supposed to be living like i was exactly where i needed to be exactly when i needed to be there and it was just like okay, like I could settle. I could settle down in my journey, in my life, where I was at, and like kind of accept like, okay, this is where I'm supposed to be. And and from that kind of point on is when I really just kind of 
took my recovery much more seriously and knew that I belonged where I was. And that was kind of the first for me in my life. And, and from that, uh, you know, I sent a picture of me and him to my biological father, whose name is Dan. And there's a picture and I, I'm sure he probably still has it somewhere, you know, on his phone or whatever. And I just sent a picture of me and his father to him. And I just said, Hey, but you never, but you never thought you'd see this picture. Mm. And uh, I said, I think we're supposed to meet now. I just bumped into your dad, you know, quote unquote, randomly. And, and um, so that's how we ended up meeting. And we ended up linking up together and, and, and kind of forming a relationship and a bond that's not really father son. It's more just kind of best friend. And, and you know, we're just ex exactly the same person. And for the first time in my life, I, I looked like somebody, mm. acted like somebody. <laughs> You know, the things that they liked, I liked the things that they were good at, I was good at. And like, for me, being adopted, that was a pretty cool feeling. You know, I think some people may not even notice that or think that that's something that people don't have in their life. But for me, I, I never had that experience. That's, of course, I'm crying right now. Yeah, well, I'm trying to hold it together so one of us can not be. One of us needs to function here. Um. <laughs> But that's that's the power of doing the next right thing in gratitude. And like you said, you know, everything that built up to that, where it was just, you know, some days, like you said, you still felt like you were a mess. You still felt like you didn't know your ass from your elbow, but you just kept showing up. You just kept doing the next right thing and not closing off any opportunities because, I mean, so many people would have, you know, we count ourselves out before mm -hmm. we allow the miracle to happen or before we get to the good part, you know, because we do, we have to, you have to go through the hard stuff. You got to walk through it. And if you just keep going in gratitude, remembering that, you know, this is a journey, that there's no finish line. I think that we open ourselves up to so much more opportunity. So you had mentioned, you know, your mom, you mentioned your sister, Barbara, and then you had talked about your birth date with that. So I just want to kind of, so we talked about being soul family and I think it's so amazing how I know you're into angel numbers. I know early on before I told anybody that I was a medium, I didn't even tell Jimmy, you know, <laughs> until we were, I think together for I don't know was it three years maybe we had two babies by then but <laughs> it really got him locked in there and then uh surprise but we talked about you know being a soul family and so tell everybody the connection with um birthdays that we have yeah so when you had your uh it's when you first had Rylan, you were I we thought it was so funny that her birthday was like two days before my nephew's birthday. Right. And whose name uh, is Rylan. Who also is named Rylan, which was, you know, uh, the should have been a sign then. Mm -hmm. And then you had your second birthday, uh, your second child, Quinn, and she had my sister's birthday who had passed. Yeah. So it was obviously very special to me because my sister had, had passed away uh, not too long before she was born. Mm -hmm. And um, 
so that was always really something cool and i said wow that's super neat that you guys share a birthday with my uh you know deceased sister and then you had your son levi who's the youngest and uh he ended up being born on my birthday yeah so now your middle daughter and has my sister's birthday and your son has my birthday like yeah again uh just a coincidence i think right yeah yeah no it's just it's an accident Um, which is really neat which is always really nice so i'll never have to wonder when your son's birthday is yeah yep yeah i think levi says it too it's uncle adam's birthday too (laughs) can't come to my party because he's having his own party (laughs) (laughs) like that's right yeah it's just another one of those things that you can look at where my whole life i wouldn't even pay any attention to that i would have forgotten now in my life i take those time i take those moments in my life and realize like i'm right with the people i'm supposed to be with you know like i'm right i'm on the right track like i don't have to veer off at all i don't need to look elsewhere like i just know i'm where i'm supposed to be you know with the people i'm supposed to be with and and for me, it's just such a grounding, humbling feeling, you know, to just not need to be somebody else, somewhere else. Right. You know, right. searching. I'm not searching anymore for, for more or better. Or just and, and for me, my life, my, you know, God gives me these signs along the way that I, I say, oh, wow, nice. You know, nice. That's, that's super cool. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, seeds of hope, you know, if we're open to it, we really, we do, we are, we are intuitively led, we are guided, we are supported, we are loved, and if we open our eyes to it, it's all around us, it's all around us. So we went through that a little bit, but now, so back to Dan, and today you said you work from home, but tell everybody what you do. So now I'm selling Amazon. Uh, when I met Dan, he was selling on eBay and had a, had a store operating out of his garage. Uh, he took me in to ship his products for them. Every day I started working part-time for him. And then I'd go full-time, go to his house, go in his garage. Whatever orders came in, I'd bag them up and ship them out for eBay. And then we kind of... Um, caught on with the Amazon thing and, and we got approved to sell on Amazon and we've created an Amazon store, which completely blew away the eBay store. And we just kind of ran, just ran in that direction and have been doing that now for about eight years. Uh, we are no longer in the garage. Now we have two operations and we have one in Chicago and one in mass. We have like 3000 square foot warehouses in each location. Amazing. We're continuing to sell on Amazon. Um, we're now creating our own products, creating our own brand on Amazon. We're kids, uh, winter toys, summer toys, plastic toys, uh, as well as like all other bunch of uh, grocery items and kits and bundles and stuff like that. And it's just going really well. I get to work alongside Dan. We've really gotten close. We've become family uh along the way and uh we have some amazing people that work with us super super smart super just creative great people to work with um you know just honest down-to-earth people which is nice a nice environment for me to be in and supportive of you know my recovery my journey my feelings my emotions and, mm. 
all that stuff again just like if i could write a job for me i i wouldn't have found one i wouldn't have written one as well as the one that i have and you know it's been successful we just came back from um, las vegas i went to a, a trade show out there tell us the name of your company you are so stinking humble what is the name so i'm gonna put the link on this episode so people <laughs> we're, can. we're back bay outfitters on amazon uh we sell a brand our, our kids toys are back bay play which we have their sleds by the way and i used one the other day so kid tested mother approved i went down fast on a very <laughs> steep hill the other day. And I looked down and I was like, this is Adam's sled. I guess Jimmy must have ordered them because they just magically appeared in our shed. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get sleds. We have, uh, you know, snowball makers and snow block makers for igloos. And uh, we have a ton of different different items and, and summer toys and beach toys and, and sand castle toys. and. A lot of different toys that we're making out of plastics and stuff. It's been super fun, high quality, like unbreakable plastics and yeah, uh, just toys that last forever type of thing. Matter of fact, a lot of the toys are the same molds that people used to make 40 years ago. We found a guy that had plastic molds that hadn't been launched in 30, 40 years. So they're kind of like the retro toys too, which is nice. I love that too, because I feel like knowing you personally that just goes with who you are too that you're not that you're selling the best quality that is out there you know we learned with back bay play kind of how to create a brand launch a brand advertise a brand and uh now we're just gonna kind of move on to a new one and do it again so that's kind of the goal of 2022 so you went out to vegas now do you bring your beautiful wife and two children with you when you go? Or is this something like your wife is such a badass. She is so funny. I love her so much. I remember when I first met her, we all went to somebody's wedding and her and I were in the bathroom and I think I had been like training all day. So I literally didn't shower and threw on a dress and <laughs> I hadn't said that out loud, but she had said something similar. And I looked at her and I was like, oh my God, I'm gross too. She's like, yeah, screw it. Let's go. <laughs> let's, go eat, let's go eat cake or something. And then we danced and I was like, she's my person. I love her. I love her so much. Yeah, no, she didn't come to this trip with me. Uh, but I do do a lot of conferences, kind of networking conferences throughout the years. And she likes to come along and uh, she's been a big part of my recovery, a big part of my business success, and she gets into it. Uh, we've been to like Missouri together, Orlando together, and just uh, different places to Hershey. I went to Hershey, Pennsylvania, cool. uh, different places to, and, and she usually comes, but she stayed home with the kids this time. Talking about Catherine and how there are no coincidences too. So now you've met so you got sober, you were a wreck, you just kept coming, you met your biological grandfather, who finally you introduced, or that was the segue into meeting Dan, who is now boss slash best friend slash now business partner. And like you had said, you have a beautiful, supportive wife who is not in recovery, but will literally do anything for you to 
just understand. I love, I love that Catherine is, she is your person and how supportive she is. And there's talking about no coincidences. You lost Barbara. Mm. And just recently, Catherine lost a sibling as well. It was nice. You know, everybody kind of has their own journey and, and way of grieving. And, and it was, I've, I'm like a fixer. So like, I feel like sometimes I just need to like, hey, this is what worked for me. You do the same thing and it's going to work for you. And it, and it doesn't always work that way. Usually never works that way. But uh, just to know kind of the pain that she had enough to give her the space that she needed to heal and grieve at the same time would be close enough to be there when she needed support. And, you know, it's definitely a unique feeling and, and uh, just to know kind of like, Hey, this is what my mom went through when she lost a, a child and, mm -hmm. and things that I wish that I did differently because my mom passed away 10 months later. Yeah from a broken heart, you know, um, I know it was. And and just the things that, the, the regrets that I have or things that I wished I did differently, mm -hmm. I could share those with her and, and kind of make her aware of, you might look at this a little differently X amount of years later. And, um, you know, it's just another one of those coincidences in my life that's like, what, what are the, like a, a lot of people end up like first date, oh, I lost a sibling. Oh, I lost a sibling. Now we have a common bond. Right and they can grow a relationship off of that common bond. And, and neither one of us, when we met, had lost a sibling, but yet we both lost one along the way. So we now have acquired that common bond. Yeah, no coincidences. Yeah. Yeah, my life is just full of those, uh, you know, unexplained coincidences. So we've talked about, you know, this, the podcast and how I'm an intuitive healer and I'm a medium and how we've lost quite a few people along the way being in recovery. And um, you have somebody who a friend of ours that passed away who is coming through. And um, do you have any sense of who it may be? I don't. I mean, it's the, the sadly, the list is long. Of, oh. um, yeah people I've gotten really close to and are no longer here. Yeah. It's coming through right now for you. And uh, he said, Hey brother. <laughs> and he's holding on to a, one of the coins, which I can only assume is a medallion that you gave him. I also put a medallion in and, and gave it to his mom to, to put with him when she buried him. Okay. Yep. So she did. And he's holding it. And so he just showed it to me. And he got this with me. I think I have one medallion that I have like in my pocket because all the other ones have been buried. But it is heartbreaking. And he's coming through and he is surrounded by sunshine. And he's saying that he has that medallion and that he's watching over you and he sees your family and he gives Emmy kisses and he loves to sing to her. And that he has a dance that he does. So if she's ever looking over into her crib, somewhere into space, it's him dancing in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> and I love you. I love your kids. I love Catherine. Mm -hmm. Everything right. You gave me all the right advice and I just couldn't, I just couldn't take it. And I wish I did.
but I'm okay here too. Yeah, I mean, it's tough sometimes when you're watching somebody die, you know, and um, it gets to the point sometimes where you feel like you parenting, you know, and um, yeah. that kind of got to that point with me and him, and I just, you know, I'm not willing to sugarcoat somebody's bad choices anymore in my life, you know, and I think that's kind of where I got over time is just like I would I would rather tell you the truth and have you be mad at me than be you know buddy buddy and, and watch you die. Yep. Yeah. I think that's just kind of how I am with everybody in my life now because there's been a lot of people that I buried that I wished I had just told them the truth. Yeah. And he was somebody that I, I told the truth to and and uh he, he would you know say yeah I know I know I'm gonna I'm gonna doing that you know and I was the same I was him yeah and and that's why I was so close with him mm-hmm. and his mom and and his mom was my mom and like we had the same situation and you know for whatever reason you know I went one way and he went the other. He said, I'll end with this because I know you guys are doing that thing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, it, it's worth it. It is. And it hasn't been easy. And we talked earlier about making good decisions, right? And, and doing the next right thing and, and stringing those right things together in a row and being consistent and consecutive and just making the next right choice. And even though... I knew mentally, like, I would say, well, I'm going to make the right choice this time, but the next time I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and But this time I will, you know, and I'm just going to do what I'm supposed to do right now. I got tomorrow where I can act like a total jerk. Right. But today I'm not going to. And, and enough of those decisions in a row finally, for me, just started making life a lot softer and, and much more enjoyable even though I didn't want it to, you know, for that first year I was a mess. I was not making any decisions based on what I wanted to do. It was just what people suggested and told me to do. And even though I was doing the right thing, I was not happy about it. And I let you know, I was not happy about it. And this is not what I would want to do. I did it anyway. And, you know, I'm here to tell you that it's it's worth it. And my life has completely changed around. Um, I went from living in the Salvation Army to owning a home. Yeah. You know, like a dad that's like trusted with my kids and I don't have to, I don't have like child protective custody involved in my life or, you know, and they're not wondering who's coming home or when I'm coming home or if I'm coming home or any of those things today. Beautiful. You're not blowing through a hose to start your car anymore. I don't have to blow in my car to start it anymore. No. And I did that for two years. And a year before that, I I was too overwhelmed to even think about having that tube installed into my car. Right. That was too much responsibility for me. It's nice not to have to do that. You know, I I laughed all the time when we were like remodeling our home and I was choosing, I couldn't like pick hardwood floor colors for my house, you know? And I'm like, is this really where my life has come to? That like I used to like argue over what bunk I was going to be in in the homeless shelter, and now I'm like arguing about hardwood colors in my house. I love it. I love. It. 
that's the full circle. And that's why you and your wife are some of my people because you have so much depth and gratitude and love. And I'm so glad that you've shared parts of your story. There's so much more for everybody who's listening. Um, Adam has also been wanting to start a podcast. I'm totally going to rat you out here. So this this is your sign to begin your podcast. So everybody stay tuned for that. I will put in the link um, Adam's, uh, the Back Bay play, right? Tell us the best way to look for that. Much appreciated. And someday I'll look back and say, what a coincidence that Eileen forced me onto her podcast and now I have my own. Yes. Speak it. Yes. Yeah. So Back Bay Play is on Amazon. It's on Amazon. We have our own website now, which we just got up and running. So you can find our stuff there and save me lots of uh, dreadful Amazon fees. Beautiful. What is the website? It's just backbayplay.com. Cool. Cool. Yes. I am so grateful for you. And one of the things that we didn't get into, which we can talk about again another time, maybe on your podcast, (laughs) you have been so helpful with me for navigating Amazon and um, trying to get Be Bougie, Be Hippie apparel up and running so adam is the one when i finally get it he has been there every step of the way and just guiding me um, on how to do that so thank you thank you for thank you for this thank you for sharing your beautiful story thank you for sharing the hard moments and thank you for letting me share a message from you with you yeah well thank you for thanking me (laughs) thank you for getting me motivated to continue well, thank you. Thank you for being here. And you know what? I only cry a little bit. So I feel like that's a success because I thought I was just going to be a blubbering mess the entire time. You'll save that for my podcast. Yeah, exactly. I'll bring more tissues next time. Oh, well, this has been amazing. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. You are wonderful. You are loved. There are no coincidences. Keep on. Have an awesome day. Thank you for listening again. You are loved. You are enough. And I will talk to you soon.